0: Are you ready? It's time for the Hammered Sports Podcast. You heard it. It is time for the Hammered Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Gray, here with my co-host, Tom Abbey. Cheers, everyone. Uh, Off and running with another big episode tonight. We've got a lot to come here. Uh, Run down the agenda for us, Tom. Yeah, a little
1: recap of this weekend. Check in on some NBA playoffs. Preview the PGA Northern Trust. We're going to look in the hockey playoffs. We're going to talk about a smaller UFC card. Uh, Then we're going to get into the AFC and NFC East, which is always a blast to go through.
0: And let's uh, start by recapping our wagers from last week, Tom. Uh, I think it was not a great weekend again when it comes to the UFC action. No. um I know that I did hit one wager with uh Kevin Kisner Kevin at Kisner. plus 325 to finish in the top 10 so I was pretty pleased with that one
1: yeah we had a couple other good runs um I had Harold Varner to win at plus six thousand he finished seventh yeah just couldn't quite get over the top there uh you know but we did we did dos Santos lost Jim Miller lost so some of these UFC ones have been Getting at us. Lately. Yeah, we're
0: looking for prices in some of these UFC fights and opportunities to get some winners that are even money or better. Yeah. And there have been a lot of a lot of favorites coming All out favorites. on top yeah. or humongous underdogs. Yeah. Uh I mean Marlon Vera comes out on top after a freakish injury to O'Malley. I've heard some people saying that you gotta credit Vera because they think that he did cause that injury or, or contributed kicks. to it with some of his kicks, so uh, that was a big surprise from that card but So, you know, we've been having a little bit of a struggle I've been performing a lot better But I haven't been posting them on Twitter the way that I should uh, I did share one tonight I have some action going I have the Celtics that are playing right now as we speak On uh, Wednesday evening They're up by 4 right now They were minus 4.5 in this game I've got the Clippers later tonight at minus 5.5 um, They're playing the Mavericks, obviously and a couple of baseball bets for me tonight, too. The Marlins and Rays, both plus one and a half.
1: The good news is, if this baseball season would end and everyone was to just do what they're doing now, we would be five and one in our baseball season long bets, which is pretty remarkable.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's... A pretty good number. That's really solid. I'm, I'm happy to see that we were able to kind of forecast what we thought was going to happen in the baseball season like that. Even I know the Rockies and, and Cubs yeah. are, are basically uh, virtual locks at this point. Yeah. Yep. And um, what's the other one that's doing really well? Uh, You you had another one that was doing really well, I think. The White Sox, under
1: 31 and a half. Yeah. They might not get to 25. Yeah. (laughs) They're pretty bad.
0: Yeah. So, um, all right, let's talk a little bit about what happened this past weekend. The Wyndham. The Wyndham Championship. So, uh, pretty good tournament overall. A lot a lot of Yeah, a lot of competition down the stretch. Yeah, a lot of competition,
1: a lot of birdies being made. But also, you saw some a lot of doubles in the last days. People were feeling the heat to really go for the pin because of all the birdies, which made it very entertaining. Sometimes you see a birdie fest that's kind of just you know last man standing, but with all the, the trouble you can get yourself in by going for some of those small windows, it led to a lot of fun golf.
0: Yeah. So, you know, our predictions were, were pretty good this week, really. Yeah. Um, you Both know, from, of them in the top ten. Yeah. and. Jim Herman comes out on top, uh, ranked 318 in the world, but he has three wins. I I read this the other day. Jim Herman has more wins combined on the PGA Tour in the last three years, three or four years, than Patrick Cantlay and Tony Finau combined, and he's ranked number 318 in the world. So, you know, Herman comes out of the clouds periodically and has a great event. Yeah. though he, he he's a very short hitter. He does not hit it long at all. Um, kind of fit the mold for what we thought yep. we were going to see this week, guys who stayed in the fairway. Uh, we're going to have a big opportunity this weekend, and that came to fruition. It's just I didn't look that far down, <laughs> down the <laughs> list for Jim Herman. Yeah,
1: there are some guys closer to the top that can keep it in the fairway.
0: Yeah, I mean, Horschel and, and Webb Simpson, you know, those guys, they fit the mold. It makes perfect sense for, for the way that leaderboard shook out, so. Uh, fun tournament. Nice to see the short hitters have one that kind of fits their fits their eye a little bit. And now we go right back to an event that seems to favor guys who can who can get it out there a little yeah. bit. Let's talk some UFC
1: 252. Uh, lived up to all the hype. It was great. A lot of good fights. Um, let's start right at the top. Steve a beating DC. Uh, one of the things we, Kevin and I have talked about is it seems unfortunate that the top two fights that were so excited to see had a little bit of an injury cloud come over him the accidental eye poke to dc which really affected the fight i mean he he said himself that he could not see out of that eye for portions of the fight
0: yeah yeah really disappointing to have something like that happen and kind of you know take the 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 fight a little it muddies the waters a bit like
1: uh, years from now, you'll look back and be like, oh, yeah, he beat him twice. Stepe beat him twice, but yeah, you know, you're, you're going to remember that, oh, yeah, that one was kind of funky because of
0: the eye. And Stepe was probably up, what, 2 1 going yeah. into that after yeah. that occurred. Yeah. And then it's tough for Cormier to, to win around after that, really.
1: Yeah. Cormier did, I think, better pacing himself. I don't feel like he gassed as much. In the third round, it looked like he might, but he really poured it on again. In the fourth and fifth, I was pretty impressed with his wind.
0: Doesn't it feel surprising that Cormier didn't really seek out the wrestling game a little bit more yeah. against Stipe? I, I know he went back to the same formula he used in the first fight, you know, where he was getting in the clinch and winning those battles. Yeah, and he never really took advantage of his wrestling advantage in this fight. Yeah, we, he he looked for the one late in round one there.
1: Uh, it just seems like something I don't I don't know if he was afraid to, to get in there and leave himself exposed to the big guy, but. It just seems like something that he left on the table that could have been
0: useful. And, you know, the, probably one of the most impressive performances of the night was Jair uh, with his victory over Junior Dos Santos. Yeah. He's a dangerous, dangerous dude. He is.
1: Yeah. He's so massive, sometimes you forget how good he is with kicks. And then yeah. you see
0: it and you're like, oh, yeah, that's right.
1: He's, he used to be a kickboxer. Like, yeah. He's got the skill set. Yeah. Um,
0: He's he's gonna be fun to watch, you know. He got he got clipped by Nagano quick in that fight, and that's his only loss. Yeah,
1: he can't beat Nagano. But
0: yeah, well, I mean, he, he only fought him the one time. Who yeah. knows if he gets another opportunity at him? At some point, he's gonna keep. I, I feel like he's gonna keep winning fights, and may get another opportunity at a guy like Nagano. So, but that heavyweight division is really, really strange 20. right now at the top. Yeah,
1: I think we should actually. Like, we should just dive right into the heavyweight division. It was something we were going to bring up later, but we're on it now. A lot of news after the Stipe fight. Cormier officially announced, "Yes, that was my last one." John Jones vacates the light heavyweight title. S- tweets out that, "Hey, I'm moving up to heavyweight. I'm going to start working on adding some poundage." Rumble Johnson, one of my Kevin and I's favorite fighters for a long
0: time, he <laughs> says,
1: "I'm back. I'm coming back." Cormier's gone, Jones is gone, heavyweight's mine, let's go. Um, so it, it really, and uh, Dana White said, you know, Jones can have a shot at Miacic, but not before Francis Nagano gets his. Yeah. So it seems like that is the next fight. Probably, I think that's got to be the the Super Bowl car. That's got to be that one that's that Saturday before
0: that would, the Super Bowl. That would make sense. It would be, oh, Stipe So Nagano. You know, and they fought once already, uh, Stipe coming out on top. The... Interesting thing about light heavyweight, I see that they, they did set a fight for that title, um, for the two hundred five title. Um, so, you know, is this an opportunity for Rumble? Um, let's. Yeah, I mean take that a look division here. was has been dominated by they had. I just saw it by um, John
1: Jones for so long that him vacating it really just opens it up um, oh, for everyone
0: else. Yeah, it's. Um, Dominic Reyes is uh, fighting. One second. I just saw the news come across today. Um, oh, Jan Bohovitz! So those guys are fighting for the light heavyweight title. Mm. And Reyes fought really well against John Jones. Yeah, he's good. And he, he's Very a good. great fighter. Um, and has an opportunity to claim, stake his claim to being the man in this division.
1: The middle of 205 is not what it used to be. This, you know, when you think back to years ago, basically when John Jones first came on the scene, the top 10, 15 fighters at 205 were insane. Yeah. And you look at some of these names here Vulcan Ozdemir, seven. Alexander Rachich is eight. Nikita yeah. Krylov is nine. I mean, these are not exactly right murderers' row right now. Johnny Walker, who hasn't won a fight in like two years now, he's lost his last two, is 11th. Yeah. Oh, my goodness gracious.
0: That looks like a nice weight division for Paulo Costa to work his way to, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he looks like a guy that could fight at 205 and be dominant at that. They
1: said he walks around at 235 and yeah. cuts to 185. That's yeah. insane.
0: Doesn't it seem like that's the division yeah. he should be in and, He's massive. and could absolutely run that thing yeah. as great as he is? I, no, no disrespect to Dominic Reyes because he absolutely could be a huge challenge. I would love to see Reyes Costa. Yeah, that would be Don't a, you fight. Think that would be a yeah. great fight.
1: And I mean... Uh, if Costa wins the middleweight title, it might be something he thinks about.
0: Yeah, try to become maybe the champ be, champ, huh? Maybe be the champ champ. I mean, it seems to be the popular thing these days. It is. I also read an interesting thing about the heavyweight division. They think that Jones may need one fight before he gets... Yeah. And, there, and um guy from ESPN said that he thinks that a great tune-up for him would be... Brock Lesnar. Oh,
1: as far as great, I don't know, but it will sell some seats. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can't say that anymore. It will sell some buys. Nobody will <laughs> be able to go. <laughs> right.
0: But how much fun would that be to watch oh, man, John man. Jones pick apart Brock Lesnar and have to deal and, with him charging at him yeah, like a mad rhino? That's what he does, man. Yeah. When he,
1: he just charges at you.
0: It's yeah. terrifying.
1: He's the reason people are allowed firearms in this country. <laughs> yeah. He kicks
0: in your door. Jim, there's no other option. If John Jones just sidesteps him and kicks him in the teeth, though, it would be really entertaining to watch. Oh, yeah. So, you know, oh, that wouldn't that be a great little time filler before we got to see Stipe or Naganu versus Jones yeah. for that heavyweight title? And then,
1: if you're Dana White, you win either way because if Brock somehow gets him to the ground and pounds them out and pulls the crazy upset, you get a steep A Brock Lesnar championship
0: fight and right. wow,
1: who's not gonna be excited for that either, right? Like, you but, can't lose. Yeah, there,
0: there was some speculation that Lesnar might be interested in one last run at the UFC. So we'll see. I mean he's you know, he's a five hundred fighter in the UFC. But and he sells seats and he's he, fun to watch. He is. It's it, I, I I'm excited every time he's on, but man, his he got kicked in the body last time and stuff and yeah. he looked like he just Uh, It was scary because of his history of stomach issues Yeah, absolutely So, onward, Tom Yeah, so let's talk a little NBA Unless there's any UFC stuff you want to get
1: to I just wanted to mention actually Marab Davishvili Oh, he's so fun and good He's going to be awesome Yeah Uh, But besides that, NBA playoffs Uh, You know, just getting started here we're, We're watching a little Celtics 76ers right now As we're recording this and uh, the, I think the big story is the two eight seeds winning the, their first games with yeah. Orlando upsetting the Bucks and the Trailblazers
0: upsetting the Lakers. Uh, a lot of fun. And is it a hangover from... I think we're starting to come back to reality from the super team era that we just yeah. saw for so long. Because the super teams aren't built the way that they once were. You don't have Curry, Thompson, and Durant together. Right. You know, you don't have... The you know Bosh Wade LeBron
1: oh, that was my least favorite
0: of all oh, mine too <laughs> there's no doubt about it um, so you know we're I think we might be sliding away from that era the guys are still trying to do it you know with yeah. Anthony Davis and LeBron in Los Angeles Kawhi Leonard Paul George in Los Angeles right
1: it's duos yeah. you don't
0: have three dominant players at this point so I think. We might be regressing back to an era of basketball that I loved so much more, where there was a little bit of unpredictability in some of these games. Yeah. And you watch a team like the Celtics and how well they play as a team, yeah. and the team like the Raptors last year, not loaded with superstars. And the Raptors are
1: already up two zero against the Nets. Yeah. They look dominant.
0: Yeah, and you know these are the teams that I think we might have talked about it briefly before. Some of the teams that I would fire on are the teams like the Raptors, Sixers, and Celtics. You know, from the East to get a shot because I think that they play they play good team ball watching this series between the Celtics and Sixers you know halfway through game two uh, the Celtics look like an even better team I love Brad Stevens is a great coach I hate the Celtics but I love the way that they play basketball
1: yeah and the Sixers obviously missing Ben Simmons that's a huge blow for them this offense isn't great to begin with and he's a big creator of chaos when he has the ball um yeah. Matchup nightmare. Yeah, the Clippers-Mavericks seems like such a fun series in paper, and that first game kind of lived up to it. The Clippers getting the win. Well,
0: Pulled away a little bit late, you know, yeah. win by eight. Um, how about the Portland Trailblazers, though? we got to talk about this group. Loving them. How much fun is this team to watch? Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, Hassan Whiteside playing a huge role, and, of course, Carmelo Anthony. And who's... Yurik. Yeah. Yurik has been nasty. Yeah.
1: So, you know, Nurkic? Uh, yeah yeah if you didn't like he missed a whole bunch of the regular season this year, yeah Had some issues, family things going on, didn't even know if he was going to come to the bubble now he's in the bubble, and he's been amazing,
0: so you've got they ran a lineup last night, both teams were were kind of doing this where you've got all these bigs on the floor again, yeah. and I'm like, man, this is the basketball I miss, yeah. you know as much fun as it is to watch guys throw it around the three point line and chuck bombs, that's great. And Lillard's still doing that, drilling 35-footers left (laughs) and right. But then you've got that element of the big man play inside. Whiteside did a tremendous job last night. Nurkic did a great job. Anthony Davis needs to go back inside and get the free... I think they were trying to stretch that defense. And LeBron wasn't taking it to the bucket. He was was more a distributor last night. So it'll be fun to see the adjustments the Lakers make in that series. Um, And if Portland
1: can keep it up, because... They've been one of the hottest teams in basketball in the bubble. Yeah. Can you keep it up against the firepower of the Lakers? It, they showed no signs of backing down last night. So yeah. Really excited for game two there.
0: How much fun would a game in uh, the Rose Garden Arena in Portland have been yeah. with this run? Yeah, even this if it was 1-1, one one, the right. third game would have been insane. Yeah, that that arena would have been just popping. Very underrated place to play in yeah. the NBA. It's, it gets... You know, it's Portland,
1: and yeah. West Coast, you know, they, they take a backseat anyways. Right. I mean, how crazy would it have been if the Clippers and Lakers had a final, you know, West Coast final there? Oh, yeah. That would have been nuts.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's, it's a little disappointing, but you know what? I'm enjoying the basketball. Yeah. I'm, I'm enjoying the games, and you know, it's kind it's of entertaining. I love the creativity of having, like, the fans that can, like, cheer yeah. on the app. And it's supposed to impact the sound in the arena. If
1: anything, this has shortened the really normally dragged out NBA playoffs. Oh yeah, because they're playing four or five games a day. Yeah, they're really like the worst part about the NBA playoffs is like they could play game two on a Tuesday and not game three until Saturday. Uh, it could be really drug out. Right. So.
0: so it'll be interesting to see does it become a war of attrition later on in the in these playoffs as yeah. teams you know have to battle for seven games and then come right back a couple days later and get right back to it again and play every other day so you know that that may be a factor in these playoffs later on who's deep enough to run a 10-man rotation and keep their guys fresh enough for later in the playoffs
1: Uh, next we have the northern trust at tpc boston and it is a bomber's paradise Minus yeah, Patrick with, Reed. Right. <laughs> yeah,
0: except Patrick Reed who's won twice there. Won twice there. And oh, yeah. he he's not known as the quintessential bomber of the ball, no. you know. He he hits it he's like middle of the pack or a little below in in distance uh somewhere in there. Um he's a grinder, you know. He he uh he doesn't have anything that he's tremendously great at, but you know, he he's a solid golfer. Who do you see, Tom, this week? There were a couple other winners that were bombers, right? De yeah, is... So, in 2019,
1: Patrick Reed won it for the second time. 2018, Shambo won it, and Finau was the runner-up. In 2017, Dustin Johnson won it for his second time, and Jordan Spieth was the runner-up. Yeah. Um,
0: that was when Spieth was unbelievable. unbelievable yeah. yeah. Man, I miss those days where he was great. I know. He's, he's, he's frustrating. He's a polarizing guy. Some people love him. Some people hate him. Some think he's a baby. Some kind of just enjoy the way he talks to himself, and I've been know, there. Yeah, <laughs> we can certainly relate. Nobody right? has ever called me a worse
1: name than I've called myself on a golf course, so I can change that. You want to play golf this weekend? <laughs> <clears throat> uh, let's see. So yeah, there's a couple guys I really like. I'm a uh, my win pick is, is it's lame, but it's Rory. I think Rory is primed and ready to go. It's the start of the FedEx. This is something he really takes pride in, is winning this and going after it. And I think this course is good for him. That he can bomb it away, and he's been bombing it very well lately. Uh, and I think he's able to get her done.
0: How's Patrick Reed plus 2,500 for this event? How does he have eight, seven, eight, nine guys with better odds than him to win the event when he's shown his success? At this event, yeah,
1: well, I mean, maybe it's just the fact that all well, that doesn't make sense. But maybe they're just betting against him because he won it last year. It's so hard to win a tournament two years in a row.
0: Yeah, I mean, so you know, as I go through the list here, trying to think of guys who can really get it out there, um, you've got guys like Gary Woodland gets it out there. He's plus seven thousand. Um, that's a that's a name to watch. Um, Matthew Wolf. Plus forty five hundred on Matthew Wolf, so you know those. That's another Bubba Watson plus eleven thousand in what seems to be a Bombers paradise. I'm not sure what his performances have looked like historically at this event, um, but he's a guy that seems to catch lightning in the bottle periodically. He has been
1: playing a bit better as of late too. He was struggling mightily when they restarted, but yeah, he's been playing a little
0: more consistent. So you're going, you're gonna go with
1: yeah. So my two bets and I. If you could get me the odds on these two, I can record them. But Rory to win. Yeah. And then Finau to finish in the top ten.
0: Rory is plus 1,200 to win. Not bad. Tony (laughs) Finau. Plus 600 to finish in the top... Oh, hold on. That was top five.
1: Ah. I was like, wow, that's... Plus
0: 300 to finish in the top ten. They they cut it in half.
1: I'm into it. Both of those, I think that Rory, you know, I think he fits this. And that Finau finishing second... He's been playing so well. He's yeah. Second place finish here two years ago.
0: Uh, give me Dustin Johnson to finish top 10 at plus 225. I can get more than 2-1 to one on a guy who's won this event twice. Yeah. Please and thank you. <laughs> that, that's my kind of wager right there. And give me Bubba Watson top 10 at plus 1,200.
1: Plus 1,200?
0: Yeah, top 10 plus 1,200. But my my selection to win the tournament, and and you know I'm not going to use those guys to win the tournament. I'm going to go a, a little bit off the board um, from what I saw there. But uh, my to win the tournament thing, it wagers Patrick Cantlay at plus twenty five hundred. Um, Patrick Cantlay plays great golf. He's due to start winning some events here. Um, he ha- he doesn't have a ton of wins on the PGA Tour, and I think that his skill set he he hits it long enough and. Definitely a guy that I think is going to be a, a challenge this week. So give me Patrick Cantlay on top plus twenty five hundred.
1: All right. Next is some hockey playoffs. it's uh, checking it in on this. We've we've seen a couple teams move on now. So uh, the Vegas Golden Knights have abruptly dispatched the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, five games. Yep. They gone. Uh, Tampa Bay Lightning in five over the Columbus Blue Jackets, and your Boston Bruins in five over the Carolina Hurricanes. No more than a couple hours ago.
0: Yeah, uh, very excited to to watch my Bruins advance in five. Uh, no significant injuries. Pasternak was back playing today. Uh, the loss of Tuca Rask did not appear to phase them as they won three straight after Rask opted out. So for me, that was I, I talked about this. Uh, with some of my buddies. I don't think I had a chance to talk about it on the podcast yet, but I thought that the loss of Rask, Rask left. I I read an article today. Rask left. He got a call from his wife that one of his daughters was ill um, and needed medical attention, and can't blame a guy for leaving under those circumstances. So um, with Rask leaving, the team rallied around Halak and played really well. Um, Halak came right out and gave up one stupid goal in his first game. Um, Then today he only gave up one goal again. Uh, the Bruins come out on top two to one. So, you know, for me, I'm I'm excited about that team. Um, another team did Colorado eliminate Arizona today? No, if they w- when they
1: win, I should say it'll be will only be up three one.
0: They'll be up three one. They're inevitably going to win that series. They look completely dominant. So yeah.
1: they're up what six nothing last we saw? Yeah. Let's check that. Out yeah,
0: six nothing was the last I saw.
1: And it is currently six to one. So the Coyotes are. Oh no! This would be game four. Yeah, they would not, this would be the fifth game. So they're gonna knock them out here, and
0: they were up three one already. Yeah, nine yeah. minutes and twenty eight seconds. Yeah. So, you know, that's uh, the yep. only way that the um, it looks like in in the East. What we're looking at is the Flyers are up three one, and the yep. Islanders are up three one. Yep. So um, it's not probably it's series. pro those teams are probably gonna play each other and the Bruins and Lightning will be playing each other unless the Canadiens come back and win that series, in which case the, the Bruins would um, play the winner of the Islanders' Caps series. So um, I don't think the Caps are done yet necessarily either. They rallied the other day. I don't know if there's still enough left in the tank of that group. They're really talented, but they. I,
1: I remember watching, I think it was game three, um, when the Islanders won to go up 3-0, and it, they just looked flat. Like, yeah. And then you saw them turn it on, and they came out on top yesterday, but it just seemed a little flat.
0: I'm sure Barry Trotz got a chip on his shoulder, too. Yeah. With, uh, after winning the cup with this team, losing his job unceremoniously the next year, uh, now he takes over these Islanders, and he might get a chance to send them home. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm rooting almost. for the Islanders to do that at this point. So, um, yeah, the, the NHL playoffs in the West – You've got um, Vegas advancing, Colorado advancing. Um, what's that Stars... Uh, the Stars, Stars, Flames Flames Stars Flames series. The Stars are up 3-2. 3-2 in that series. So Yeah,
1: yeah and the Blues Canucks are tied 2-2 with Game 5 tonight.
0: Yeah, so you've got some fun, a couple of fun series there the that west. are getting a little later <laughs> in the West. In the, yeah. west. Yeah. In the, east. the East is really top-heavy, yeah. it seems. Well... Except the fact the Capitals are going to... Except for the
1: Capitals, who... Uh,
0: they looked like they were content them. to pack it in at the beginning of Game 4, didn't they?
1: Absolutely. Uh, it's UFC time.
0: Yeah, so we've got some more UFC action this weekend.
1: Yeah, this seems to be... I think we've reached the point where the UFC's been putting on so many cards so often that maybe it's a little oversaturated with some of these fights not being... Uh, I think the top two fights are really good, really exciting. And then you get after that, and it gets a little... Uh, who are these guys? Who, yeah, has when he th- fought here before?
0: <laughs> when you look through the list on, on this card, it's like, it's really hard to <laughs> to be confident in anything here.
1: Yeah, th- this may be one, Yeah, you know, definitely going to do DK, because I, I think DraftKings for... Um UFC is one of the most fun I always have or yeah. fun times I have in sports. But I'm not sure about betting on any of these guys right now.
0: Well, I know one that, you know, give me OSP over Alonzo Menafield.
1: I love Menafield.
0: I know you love Menafield, but Owen Saint Prue is a wily veteran that knows. He's, he's a dog in this place. He's one oh five. Exactly. This is this is an opportunity here. Ovin Saint Prue has fought a lot of great fighters. Menafield is taking a huge step up in yeah. class in this situation. Um uh, Menafield is very talented. This is that this is that typical thing we always talk about, the up and comer against the old Wiley veteran. But you know what? Saint Prue's got a lot left in the tank, if you ask me. So I don't know what Saint Prue's record is as of late, but I am sure he's suffered some losses. Yeah. Uh, but he's he's still a guy that has seen he he's seen yeah. Saint Peru is
1: two and four in his last six.
0: Yeah, including a, I mean a, a decision loss to Ben Rothwell is never like, no, nothing you should really be too excited about, right? I yeah. mean, um, but he's he's a guy that he has wins against some really good fighters too, and um, yeah, like twenty seventeen. Yeah, you go back. Corey Anderson. Yeah, Alexiak is a pretty good fighter. He choked him out uh Tyson Pedro uh choked him out or straight arm bar actually yep. Cory Anderson the Cory Anderson win, Yushin Okami um, Rosario de You know, and, and his losses are against pretty good fighters along the way. So uh, I, I just I, I like the situation for Saint Pru here. He's he's got so much skill. Um Menafield's nasty striker obviously.
1: Yeah, he's fun to watch. And, and these, this is a fun fight, too, to see if Menafield can really step up to the plate there and
0: fight somebody with uh, OSP's, you know, skill set and win. Yeah, I mean, Menafield's coming off a loss to Devin Clark, you know, and, and Menafield mm-hmm. was a huge favorite in that fight. Um, but he knocked out Paul Craig before that. The, the rest of his fights are against guys that you're not really going to be familiar with. And, you know, he, he needs a bounce back here in a big way. Um, but I think he's going to struggle.
1: And then the main event, Pedro Munoz and Frankie Edgar. A couple of very good bantamweights going at it. But Frankie Edgar has been on the struggle bus lately. Yeah. And One in three in his last four. Three and three in his last six.
0: Yeah, and Munoz coming off a, a three and two run. Um, he lost to John Dodson in 2018. Then had wins over uh, Cody Garbrandt, Brian Caraway, Brett Johns. Yeah. Um, <coughs> and then a loss to Aljamain Sterling, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah,
1: um, Munoz 7-2 in his last nine. A really, really solid stretch. He's a pretty large favorite in this, if I remember correctly. Yeah, plus, uh, minus 260 for Pedro, plus 200 for Frankie.
0: Yeah. And, you know, aside from that, you're not going to really know much on this card. They
1: they have added um, Angela Hill and Michelle Watterson to this card. Um, yeah. Which is a pretty good, you know, uh, fight. Angela Hill is a minus 145 favorite, and I think that makes all the sense in the world. She's, she just sets a pace that's hard to compete with.
0: Yeah, and Watterson, you know, she's had her struggles. You know, that's... Maki Patolo's coming right back and fighting again, huh?
1: Yeah.
0: How? He fought on August 8th. He got submitted in the first round.
1: Must not have taken too much damage.
0: And and they're going to put Patolo right back in? That, that seems crazy to me. Wow. Yeah, he got choked out by... Or he got submitted by Darren Stewart on August 8th. And now I see Patolo is running it back. Um... Yeah, that, that, that one's wild to me, to see him. Uh, Impa Kasanganai, I guess, um, is who he's going to fight. It's a Contender Series guy. Um, by the way, Tuesday night, I sat down and watched the Contender Series show yeah. for a while on ESPN+. There are some really yeah. good fighters. Yeah, so one of the there.
1: things I remember hearing, I think it was... Maybe it wasn't Joe Rogan. Um, is somebody talking about how it's hard to tell sometimes in the fighter series? Was well, that guy really that good, or that other guy just really not up to snuff? Yeah, because you really don't know a lot of these people, and they're just kind of getting thrown in there randomly. You know, normally when you have a UFC fight, they go through a huge process to match these guys up and try to make it make sense. And then the fight,
0: the fighter series is kind of like, hey, we got two guys. Well, the the reason the one guy that I I liked for sure. Um, his name was Orion Kasi or Kosi, mm-hmm. um, and his brother also won later on the on the card. Those guys trained with Uriah Faber. He was cornering them um, with you know that team out there in Sacramento, and um, they both come from rough backgrounds. They're both undefeated, but this Kosi was fighting a kid Matthew. I can't remember his last name right now. Off the top of my head, but that kid was the LFA champ. He had he had been fighting uh, strong opponents. Um, he was a, the kid was a favorite to beat Kosey in the fight and Orion Kosey just fought and was able to grind out the victory. It's a name to keep an eye on moving forward. He's going to be fighting. he did get a con both Kosey brothers got contracts on that card um, last night. so um, it's just fun stuff to watch if you're a UFC fan. you know check it out on ESPN plus some Tuesday night when they're on. you know there's some some good fights on there and, and really entertaining stuff. Football time. Let's take a quick break, Tom. We've only got football left, right?
1: Yeah, we've been motoring.
0: Yeah, we've only got football left tonight. So um, we're going to take a quick break, and uh, we'll be back with you right after this. We are back, and we are about to do the AFC and NFC East previews for this season, Tom. Absolutely. Can't wait. Yeah. A little nervy. Yeah, well, you know, we know a little bit about the AFC East. A few, few things here and there. Yeah. And that's where we're starting. All right. Was the
1: Miami Dolphins
0: five and eleven at last year? Yeah, I I can talk a little about their off season if you'd like. Nah, all right, you, you say nothing. No nothing. So they come off a five and eleven season, which is well above what was predicted for them going into the year. And
1: what it looked like after like six seven games. Yeah, well, <laughs> through
0: seven games you're zero and seven. Yeah. So you you lose the first seven, and you wrap up the season at five and four. The last nine games with. A cast of characters that no one is really familiar with. You know, there a few players that, that stood out. Devontae Parker had a tremendous season. Mike Isicki kind of broke out. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick took the reins and, and really played well down the stretch. Did what Fitzy does. But they had the worst run game in NFL history. It was absolutely pathetic. They couldn't block for the quarterback. They couldn't block for the run. Their running backs had no talent. So what they do in the offseason, they address those issues, which I'm very excited about. They spent three high picks on offensive linemen in Solomon Kindly, Robert Hunt, and, of course, Austin Jackson in the first round. Uh, definitely going to take time for those guys to get together and uh, mold as players. And if two out of three hit, it's, a, it's you got to look at it as a success. At least I will as a Dolphins fan. You've also got uh, the addition of Ted Karras, uh, who is likely to take over the starting center job. He kind of took the reins there in New England last year as the starting center. Um, But what I see that they're building up front is a team that is versatile. Uh, You've got guys that can play multiple positions. And I'm watching the Cubs, and I can't believe they've got Craig Kimbrell trying to close this game. (laughs) So... Don't mind me and my ADD here looking at the TV in the background. So, um, you know, you've also drafted, obviously with your first pick, Tua Bailoa. He's probably not going to be the starter day one. More than likely, Fitzpatrick will will continue as the starter. Um, Well, that's nice. Uh, And then you've also addressed the running back position, which was putrid last year. And you've done it with two players. You you bring in Matt Breida and his, you know, explosiveness, his speed, and then you've got the power-running Jordan Howard, who I think still has plenty of mileage left.
1: What do you mean he's only 25? Why do people think he's so old? I know, he's but... He's 25 years old. I know,
0: but, you <laughs> know, when he was in a, in a, you know, kind of a load-sharing role with Miles Sanders last year, he's had a little bit of an injury history, but he's a solid running back. Yeah. Um... I couldn't be happier with the way that they address the things I'm, on the offensive side. The only thing I wish they would have done is, you know, maybe find another playmaker on the outside um, for the receivers. But there's time for that because this team is not looking to win the division or go to the, you know, go to the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, they're trying to build a foundation, and I love their coach.
1: Yeah, so I think for me, the questions about Miami are there's two of them: quarterback, who who starts, who finishes the season, and how do they play? And then second, how do all the pieces come together? you got a lot of free agents coming in to fill roles, and in this crazy offseason, it's really hard to tell how any team's going to be able to make that work, especially one that added so many pieces. Uh, it may be something where maybe their second half of the year is, again, like last season, better than the first. Uh, maybe they show flashes here and there, but you know, have a hard time with consistency, but you know, overall, trending upwards. Yeah. You
0: know. As a fan, I don't want to see the organization get impatient with what's going on because this is a situation that requires patience. You have so many moving parts on this team right now yeah. that you can't expect them to jump out to a, you know, four and two start or five and two start and yeah. and be super excited about it. But and one
1: thing we should mention because Kevin and I were just talking about this too, the AFC East has drawn a bit of a short straw this year. Having to play the AFC West and the NFC West, which are both loaded with talent. We'll get to them next week. Ah, that's a tease. Yeah. And uh, it should be very interesting to see a the, the, the much tougher schedule than they played last year, having to play the NFC East, which was not very good. Right. And
0: on the defensive side of the ball for Miami, they added Kyle Van Noy, uh, Shaq Lawson, uh, Emmanuel Ogba. Byron Jones was the big free agent get there for that secondary, so they they took a lot of their concerns and they addressed them. They wanted to focus on really kind of stopping the run a little bit better, and Shaq Lawson and Emmanuel Ogba are both really good at that, at setting the edge and and you know, last year that was a real problem for this team, so they they drafted Curtis Weaver from Boise State who should add some pass rush ability. Um, so I, I'm looking forward to seeing kind of what happens. Uh, Kamu, Gr- Kamu grugier Hill, um, Alandon Roberts. They they've really they've got so many new pieces on the defensive side of the ball that it's just going to be so much. It's going to be a challenge early in the year with this COVID yeah. season. And uh, again, I think that their their line at six wins. It's probably set about where it belongs. Yeah,
1: um, US has it at 6.5 now. Yeah. Um, and so I think that you've seen a little bit of wagering on the over. It's made that come up a full half game from what we had seen. it. Even I, I was doing this on Sunday, and it's gone up a half game since then. So, yeah. Um, you know, 6.5, I think it's one of those things you could see them winning seven games fairly easily, but you could also see them winning four. Like it, right, it, It's off schedule, And it's
0: not even necessarily a bad season no. if they only win four games. It's about development. It's just, right. And they still have two first-round picks this year coming up to add more weapons to this group that they have. Yeah. So I'm excited about the future. It's the first time that I've felt like um, we're finally moving in the right direction, and that's under the guidance of Brian Flores. I really don't want the fan base to get up in arms over struggles this season and what the record may be. Um, be patient, trust this growth with Flores and what he does here.
1: Up next, the New York Jets and the dumpster fire that they have become. 7-9 and nine last year, and they have just been a little bit of a mess uh, throughout this offseason process. Um, they actually had, a, I thought, a, a decent draft, not really flashy, but Mikay Beckton comes in, a very large guy, uh, to come in and play tackle their first-round pick. They got a couple. They got one weapon in Denzel Mims. Uh, Seemed like they really needed some help there. Not sure how much he'll be able to make an immediate impact. Uh, But then they traded Jamal Adams. Yeah. Le'Veon Bell is unhappy with his position, his role. Unhappy with Jamal Adams. Unhappy with the craziness of Adam Gase. Uh, It seems like they're going to you know in they're in for another strange season that that has some problems
0: yeah I mean you know when you look at the receivers that they've gotten for Darnold Rashad Perriman is a downgrade from Robbie Anderson I mean I I I believe that Robbie Anderson's a better player at this point in their careers Um, you have Jamison Crowder again his his little safety blanket and a PPR machine for our fantasy friends George Fant to a three year 30 million dollar deal yeah I I don't see him as an upgrade. He's hey, not been good. They got Frank Gore. Yeah, they do have Frank Gore. That's nice. He, he, <laughs> he he's he's a nice complimentary back who can teach people things and be a good leader he in the very old, old backfield. Role. Yeah, LeSean McCoy. <laughs> With, uh, uh, yeah, Le uh, yeah, Le'Veon Bell. LeSean McCoy. Yeah, that's a
1: pretty aged field. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, they also did add Joe Flacco, who is on the pop list right now. It should be interesting. C.J. Mosley, one of their best players, opted out of the season. He's not going to play, yeah. uh, and he that that Jets defense was twice as good when he was playing. Uh, even in the the home, the first game of the season against the Bills, the Bills had like a one, I think one field goal, yeah. and then uh, C.J. Mosley pulls a hamstring. The Bills score two touchdowns in like three drives to to win right. the game, and his just command of that defense. It's going to be missed. That's definitely not something you're going to be able to make up right away.
0: So, seven is what they're over-under set at. And Actually, I'm seeing six and a half in a lot of places now. So, it's it's screaming down. Um, I see six and a half minus 125 to the under right now. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean... It's,
1: it's hard to see many good things happening for them. It, they're very uh, it's it's things for Sam Darnold he's a uh, kid who came in with a lot of promise and has shown a few things last year had some rough games but the, he doesn't have anyone to throw to last year's offensive line was awful you know you're hoping that, that they've made some corrections and can fix it a little bit but you
0: know yeah i'm am not, not seeing it I, no. i'm not George Fan I weird. don't
1: think was great in no. Seattle i don't expect him to be great in New York yeah all right on to the buffalo bills Buffalo Bills were ten and six last year. Uh, lost in the first round of the wild card playoffs, and are making a return. They traded away their first round pick to the Vikings for Stefan Diggs to add a playmaker. Uh, then they went and drafted a few other guys. They were kind of quiet uh, for most of the free agency, except for Mario Addison, really a big name that they brought in, and the Josh Norman experiment will be very interesting to see how that goes. Did not look good in Washington. Uh, they're hoping maybe a return to a familiar defense will help them out. They're over-under set at 8.5 right now.
0: I, I see it at 9. Um, depending on where you're looking.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, you, you're looking at, are you on BetUS? Yeah. They're at 8.5 and, and over-juiced big time? Or
1: Over 8.5 is minus 150.
0: Yeah, I see over 9 at minus 120 here on Sportsbook.ag as well. Yeah. Um. So, you know, they're going to be floating between that 8.5 and and 9 mark, um, and it's going to be juiced to the over, um, and I think that rightfully so with this group. One of the big things that I like to talk a lot about is continuity um, in, in NFL teams. Do they have continuity? Are they continuing with the same staff, the same players, the same, you know, our guys getting into their second and third years in that same system? And they are in Buffalo, and they're not anywhere else. So this team has a a distinct advantage over everyone else in the AFC East, in my opinion, with the continuity of this group coming back. And it's a talented group. The biggest question mark is, is Josh Allen ever going to take the step forward uh, that he needs to to lead this team to victories in the playoffs?
1: Yeah. The defense has been very good the last couple of years. You would expect that to continue more of the same. The secondary is, is very good. Uh, the, their pair of safeties, are I can't rave enough about Poyer and Hyde. Uh, it's just, can they score enough points? Will the addition of Diggs help the other options? You know, John Brown, does that make it a little easier for him? Even he had a good year last year. What can he do against the number two corner with Diggs eating up number one? And does that create more space for Cole Beasley, who also had a very solid season last year? Uh, so there's a lot of things to like. Again, the schedule is tough. They're, they're playing you know, a lot tougher schedule than last year and the good news is the New England Patriots have lost a ton of veteran talented players and that's where we're at next yeah so 12-4 last year
0: right and um, probably probably not going to continue with that type of record no. with the, the the big loss that they had at quarterback and may not even be the most impactful loss that they've had Um, with these opt-outs that the Uh, Patriots have experienced. Between
1: free agency really hurt them. They lost Tom Brady, obviously Jamie Collins, um, Ted Cross. Uh, We talked about Danny Shelton, even Kyle Van Noy. Those guys all left um, in free agency. But then they they have the most opt-outs, and it's not even close. And some of their better players, uh, Patrick uh, Chung and Dante Hightower, two of their best defensive players, opted out. Uh, Brandon Bolden, one of the running backs who gets a fair mix, opted out. It, <laughs> right now, when you look at their roster, their running backs currently are James White and Rex Burkhead because Sony Michelle and Lamar Miller are both on the pup lift pup list to start the season. Yeah, obviously the big news: Cam Newton coming in to play at quarterback. Is he an upgrade from uh, Tom Brady? Can they are they going to change the offense to match a little bit more of his skill set? How good is this defense going to be? They, this defense was insane last year. Carried the team when they were struggling early on in the season on offense. And what can they keep up that pace? Can they keep the division unlocked?
0: Well, and they had so many of like the pick sixes, and the turnover yeah. margin was insane. And you know some of those things have to regress to the mean. Yeah. And I feel like as they do regress a little bit, particularly with those losses in the front seven, you know Vanoy, Hightower. Um, you know Danny Shelton, Shelton up yeah. front, and then losing Patrick Chung, kind of captaining that secondary in the back. Yeah, he's nasty. Nice that the defense has to come back a little yes. bit, and I think that you know right now as we look at you know the Patriots over under, which is is set at uh, nine, yeah, nine here. More, I've got nine it. minus one thirty, and I'll take under nine at minus one thirty as my selection for. Uh, the over-under in this division. I feel like it's the most sensible wager out of the group. Um, I know that the Jets under is tempting as well, Um, but to me, the Patriots are playing a first-place schedule. They're also playing against tougher divisions this year and a team that has a ton of question marks and a lack of continuity.
1: You said one, what was it, minus one? Minus 130. Minus 130. Yeah, you got better odds on than BetUS has them at under nine for minus one eighty. Woo!
0: Woo! Wow! No one's buying. I guess it. I know which bookie I'm going with for that bet. <laughs> yeah, that's an easy. And uh, just a quick aside here while we're talking about it, guys. If you bet sports, get multiple outs. Yes. Find multiple places to place your wagers so that you can take advantage of something like this. I can bet one hundred and thirty dollars on the under here and win a hundred. Instead of betting 180, so if it goes sideways, I save myself half a unit, yeah. on on you know on getting, just using a different book, so those type of things are really important when it comes to wagers. What
1: well, do you have the Jets under on there?
0: The Jets, I have at under six and a half minus 125.
1: That is going to be mine. I just. I. My prediction for the Jets is they're gonna struggle early and then when they struggle early, it's gonna compound. There's one thing I've learned watching AFC football, East Football for the last few years is Adam Gase is not a leader of men, and this will unravel on him in a hurry.
0: Yeah, he can go sideways so quick, sideways. And you know, you lose two out of three weeks to the Dolphins and you're they're, gonna you're gonna lose your job. <laughs> when you when you talk about this yeah, the weird
1: scheduling quirk there, when you talk about their first three games at Buffalo Home against the Niners and then at Indy. They're going to be dogs in all three of those games. They're probably going to be 0 3. They have a real good shot to go 0 3. And where does that leave you with Gase and all this descent already? It could get really, really bad fast there. Yeah.
0: And so I I love that wager too, Tom. I just, you know, I, I'm going to. Oh, look at that. The Celtics are opening it up. Yeah. Got to like that. Got to like winners, baby. Sweeted that one winners. out. <laughs> Speaking
1: of winners. AFC East winners. I think it's no surprise that I'm going to pick the Buffalo Bills.
0: Yeah, and um, I think that based on the way that I talked about this, it should be no surprise that I'm on the Buffalo Bills as well to win the division. I think that uh, I listen. I'm I'm a Bills hater. I have been for years. Everybody knows it. But I'm I'm also going to be
1: practical. Yeah, I'm I'm (laughs) going to be
0: logical about this. This is the team that they have the most continuity. The most overall talent returning. They've plugged some holes that they were missing. I think Stefan Diggs is a huge add for this group. It yeah. it's, whether he has the kind of season that people expect, I don't know. But adding him to that group with John Brown and Cole Beasley changes that unit completely. And instead of going out and drafting somebody in the first round that you don't know what kind of performance you're going to get. You may have to you, develop. Yeah, you get a guy who you know what he does. You know what he can do. So they've had a, a, a tremendous offseason. Their losses have not been substantial. I think they're going to win the division. I think they're going to lose in the first round of the playoffs again yeah. because Josh Allen is not He's not the guy. Listen, you all me. I'm
1: saying is I hope that when we do make win the division and we do go to the playoffs, the fans are allowed yeah. that new era. Oh, yeah. scratch that at unnamed unnamed stadiums.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you know it's again. Oh, I, I'm it's... I'm just a, a a true believer in in the fact that Josh Allen's not the guy. I don't think he'll become the guy. I think that his struggles at some point will become apparent. I sat through the Ryan Tannehill era in Miami, and I see the same kind of era for uh, Josh Allen in how many, Buffalo. How
1: many playoff wins did Tannehill have last year?
0: Tannehill. Moving on.
1: Washington Redskins. Yeah. 3-13 last year. We're completely in a cash it in. We're, we're moving on to next season mode very fast. Yeah. Um, but they've added a lot of stuff. Some some things to be excited about. Some big question marks for this team. Chase Young. Just telling Kevin there's some video out there of him at training camp manhandling other grown men, which is very interesting to see. Uh, quarterback. Quarterback, quarterback. You have Dwayne Haskins and Kyle Allen kind of duking it out. Uh, Alex Smith is returning. I don't know how fast he'll be involved. He's clearly the best quarterback out of that group, but do they even want to give him the shot, really?
0: I think that he's going to serve as a tremendous backup option for Dwayne Haskins. He's going to be a
1: mentor here for sure. Uh, I think that makes the most sense. And then we'd be remiss not to talk about their insane running back room. Darius Geis is no longer with the team. Uh, good riddance. And the running back room is crazy. you got Adrian Peterson. They brought in Peyton Barber. They still have Bryce Love, who's returning this year, should be fully healthy for the first time. And they picked up Antonio Gibson, who is just a gadgety player, plays a little bit wide out, plays a little bit of running back. Um, so this should be interesting Am I, to I crazy
0: to think that uh, Bryce Love could take a handle on that job and it, it, he no, was. It's
1: it's so wide open. I I don't think it's crazy at all. It's. I mean, they also have J D. McKissick, who's not terrible. Yeah. Like they they have so many guys. Like it's crazy that Darius guys was part of this too. Like they had they had a crazy running back room, which will hopefully sort itself out a little bit. We may see some of these guys go as the roster gets trimmed, but a lot of options there, keeping us fantasy players guessing.
0: Now there are some some words out there that. Dwayne Haskins was being sabotaged by his own coaching staff (laughs) last season. And with all the other craziness that's going on, I almost don't doubt it. (laughs) Who knows? Yeah. Uh, I mean, there there are thoughts (laughs) that offensive linemen legitimately whiffed blocks on purpose to get the quarterback crushed. It's terrible if that
1: was happening. It's awful. One of the craziest things about last year with the Redskins was when they were winning the game. And they had to go kneel the ball, and Dwayne Haskins was had already left the field and was like high-fiving fans and going through the tunnel completely oblivious that they were looking for him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've never seen anything like that one before. Yeah. That's just crazy. And,
0: and, you know, let's talk about some of the things that they do have that look solid, right? Their defensive line, I would take on any roster yeah. in the NFL. Their defensive line is you, nasty. You have Chase Young being added to Ryan Kerrigan, and first-round pick, Ryan Kerrigan. First-round pick, Montez Sweat. Um, also have first-round pick, Jonathan Allen. First-round pick, Deron Payne. This is a team that is very talented up front there. Yeah,
1: the, their defensive line is going to cause a lot of problems, a lot of havoc for people. And it's just the rest of the team. What can they do? Uh, they, they struggled mightily on the defensive side last year. Mm-hmm. And the, the honestly they struggle on offense too. I mean, you don't go three and thirteen without your problems. Uh, I do like Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera coming in is great. Bringing Jack Del Rio with him was as a defensive coordinator. Love Jack Del Rio as well, especially in that role specifically. Yeah. So it,
0: it should be very interesting. Terry McLaurin, by the way, that's um, another name he's that so good. He's a really talented kid. As I think about the guy Antonio
1: Gandy Golden in the draft too, who's a very interesting prospect. Looked amazing in college at Liberty. Liberty. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting
0: to see how this works. I, you know, if you think about this team, if Alex Smith were the starter, and and were his he, somewhat a semblance of his of his previous self, uh, very solid starter, probably a top twelve starter in the NFL. Yeah, uh, good, yeah. absolutely. When he's playing well and healthy, um, and then you have all those talented kids to try to sort out in the backfield. Terry McLaurin, Antonio Ganzi, Golden added to the mix. Um, Dontrelle Inman's a pretty good slot receiver too. Yeah, I mean, not, absolutely. not great, but he's solid. There. Yeah, and then uh, you have that defensive front. This is a team that is sneaky better than people think. It's just I'm not sure that they're going to be ready to do much this year. And I yeah. think they may be, you know, just building a foundation for the future. I love the transition to the four three with Ron Rivera's group coming in there and, and taking over the reins, coaching, adding Thomas Davis on the defensive side of the ball who's going to be a great leader for that group of young guys. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I You know, again, the more I look at it, the they're, more they're I They're think...
1: making moves, in the, again, in the right direction. They should be able to stay in some games with that defensive line causing some problems, probably some turnovers. Uh, the best way to get turnovers is a great defensive line that's going to get after the quarterback, make them make quick decisions, maybe bad decisions, trip the ball, hit running backs before they get going. Uh, so... They definitely have the recipe for that. It's just the, the offensive line's not very good. Did um, I
0: call them the Redskins at all yet?
1: I don't know. We probably did at some point. I know I, know I
0: did. I, I'm not used to it, so it's I'm tough. I'm afraid that I'll make that mistake at some point. But hopefully they can find a more suitable name than the Washington football team yeah, here.
1: 2021, they'll be ready.
0: Yeah. Uh, Over-under 5.5. Yeah. yeah.
1: And that's that's an interesting one because five, 5 seems doable. 6-7 starts to get to where you're like, ugh. Yeah, can they get? Can they really? Are they really talented? Up, Uh, they're in a division that was very mediocre last year, as we're about to get to. So there's that possibility of winning some some divisional games that could get them closer to that five six number. Uh, So that'll be interesting. I think a
0: division that may recover at the top end a little bit this year. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Uh,
1: Next is the Giants, the New York Football Giants, four and twelve last year. Uh, Some things to like about them as we get into the next season. Let's get into it. Andrew or yeah, Andrew. Andrew, Thomas, their uh, number one pick, fourth overall, coming in to play tackle should be a huge help. Their offensive line was so bad that they actually double-dipped and got Matt Pert to come be another tackle. May
0: both start. And, and Pert has some uh, flexibility. Yeah. Maybe he could play some guard if they needed to um, and get into a starting role early in his career. So I, I, I like that. Um, I also I like the signing of Levine Tololo. Uh, to be the blocking tight end on that group. Uh, maybe help you know, keep him home and help protect Daniel Jones a little bit more, um, who showed flashes at times last year of being a really good talent.
1: Yeah, their big um, offseason signings were James Bradbury from Carolina to come in and play corner, mm-hmm. and Blake Martinez to play the inside linebacker. role. This team was also really bad at stopping the run, and having some of that up front may help. Kyle Frackle, back role. From Green Bay, is actually a pretty good outside linebacker. Um, should be interesting. I think you can't talk about the Giants without talking about the backfield. Saquon Barkley, they bring in Deion Lewis, who's just amazing on third downs catching the football. Um, should be interesting. Their wide receivers are still meh. You have Golden Tate, who's good, but on the downside of his career, I think. don't think anyone will argue that. Sterling Shepard looked good early, really hasn't developed anything past that. And Darius Slayton is still he's on, emerging. He's on he's, the cover right. a little yeah. bit.
0: I think they need to do more there, for sure. Um, but let me talk a little bit about the, the other side of the ball with this yeah. team. I love their safeties now. you got Jabril Peppers, who suffered an injury to end his season last year yeah. early. But he's an in-the-box type of guy. And then they drafted Xavier McKinney, who you and I were both big fans of in this draft. Um, they got him in the second round. You know he can do everything,
1: which was one of the steals of the draft. Yeah, he, it
0: really was.
1: He could have gone top ten; it wouldn't have surprised us.
0: Yeah, and you know this team should take a, a little step forward this season, in my opinion, with the all-around group. Saquon Barkley's so talented.
1: Yeah, he makes up for a lot. They actually drafted four linebackers in these between the sixth and seventh round. Yeah, this one ham. One of these guys got to work.
0: And I have the Giants' season win total at six and a half. Yeah, uh, juice to the under heavily.
1: Yeah, I mean, you got a young quarterback, Daniel Jones, just like any young quarterback last year showed flashes where, hey, this kid might be something. Flashes where you're trying to figure out what he was
0: doing. Um,
1: yeah, he he would
0: have a four touchdown game, and then he would throw a four pick game right yeah. behind it. So it's like, you know, which is the real Daniel Jones?
1: Yeah, and what what can they possibly do to improve around him? It seems very disappointing with all the wide receivers in the world coming off out of that draft thought they didn't get anybody to help them out there. Yeah. Cowboys? So, yeah, Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys, a disappointing 8-8 eight eight season. They finally let go of Jason Garrett and bring in Mike McCarthy, which should be a lot of fun on the offensive side of the football. Yeah. Which is going to be a blast with all their wide receivers. Uh, they bring in CeeDee Lamb to com- to pair with Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup, who are already there.
0: Wow, that... that... That unit of, it could be nasty. Yeah, you've got those three receivers with Zeke Elliott and Dak Prescott, and you know Prescott was already one of the top guys in the, yeah, in the league as a passer last season. So you know, and, and uh, Blake Jarwin um, seems to be coming on as a tight end with Jason Witten moving on to uh, Las Vegas. Um, he's going to be the number one guy there, and I think he deserves it at this point in his career. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they've got to figure out what's going to happen with the offensive line. Um, you know, you know, they still
1: have some great guys on the offensive line, obviously. Yeah. They've had for a while. Teron Smith's still there. Lil Collins is still there. Zach Martin's still there. But some of the other positions are...
0: You, you know how uh, I really was a big fan of Tyler Beatis in this draft. Yeah. And I think that was a great selection for them in the fourth round. I thought that was a guy that was going to go so much earlier than that.
1: And their defense is frustrating because it seems like they, their linebackers are great. The linebackers are great. And then the defensive backs, you know, even with Byron Jones there last year, struggled. Uh, yeah. They didn't really – I mean, Xavier Woods comes in.
0: The I the selection like of travon Diggs, I, I like Trayvon Diggs coming out of college. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a clear step down. They added Reggie Robinson also from Tulsa. Yeah. Um, so they've got Awuzie, Jordan Lewis, and Anthony Brown coming back still. And then they added Trayvon Diggs and Reggie Robinson – two guys that they seem to like. So Yeah, the D-line
1: um, should be good again. Demarcus Lawrence is very good. They added Neville Gallimore, who we both love. Tyrone Crawford is a solid player. Uh, they did have some bad news. Gerald McCoy, who they just picked up, got hurt, and he's out. And Don Terry Poe is still on the pup list, so they do need some some help there to get that D-line back in full strength. But their linebackers, again, Sean Lee, Jalen Smith, and uh, Leighton Van Der Esch is the best set of linebackers in football, in my opinion. Yeah. So fun to watch.
0: Yeah. I think, um, you know, with their over-under, I'm looking at it here set at... 10. Over is minus 120. Under is even money here.
1: Yeah, and this is an interesting year for them. They're playing the NFC East. We haven't got to it yet, but when you're trying to get to 10 wins, you need to start looking at every game. They are playing the uh, NFC West, which we've talked about with the AFC East. That's a very tough group. And the AFC Norris division, which isn't the, isn't the deepest. I mean, you Cleveland and Cincinnati aren't exactly scaring anyone. Pittsburgh, we'll see how much better they get with Big Ben there. That defense is really good. Uh, obviously, Baltimore is going to be a tough one for them. But yeah. You could see some wins on that against that the AFC North, especially.
0: Yep, and then uh, the defending NFC's champion, Philadelphia Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles. What do you see here, Tom?
1: I see a team that just needs to stay healthy one time in their careers. Like seriously, it seems like this team should be good every season, and then they fall apart injury wise. I, I don't know if the strength and conditioning coach is a job they have there. Maybe <laughs> they should invest more. But every season, they just kind of fall apart. Uh, some signings. Javon Hargrave they brought in from the Steelers. Really good interior defensive lineman. Uh, they brought back Roby Coleman. Um, Darius
0: Slay is in that secondary there. Um, I think he was an addition late last yes. season, right? So uh,
1: it's, so it should be interesting. You have the same group of people, right? You have Carson Wentz. They brought in Jalen Hurts kind of back him up. Uh, the running back... His room is still good, but you have question marks, right? I like Miles Sanders a lot. I love Boston Scott a lot. Miles Sanders
0: already dealing with an injury that they say is going to be weeks, not days. Great. Um, which brings that running back room into question immediately. Yeah. That's the problem. There's no depth there behind it. Now with Jordan Howard gone and you only have Miles Sanders to take the, the lead there, I, I, I'm i concerned about that, and I'm concerned yeah. about the receiving core. The wide
1: receivers are scary, too. They brought in Marquise Goodwin, who opted, out. He opted out. Elshon Jeffrey, still not ready to practice yet. You do have Deshaun Jackson, and they added Jalen Rager. But are, there, are they too similar of a player?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, on
1: paper, they look similar. Size, patterns, they run yeah. well. So, it, I mean... Do you and J.J.
0: Sega whiteside who's not going to blow anybody away. Yeah, he
1: doesn't do anything for me. Uh, they do have two very good tight ends in Ertz and Goddard, and they've used them a ton. Yeah. But the defense last year was pretty solid, but they lost a couple. Nigel Bradham, one of their uh, very good linebackers for the their, their Super Bowl run, who doesn't seem to remember that they won a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. He said his last couple places they weren't about winning, even though they won a Super Bowl in Philly. I don't know yeah. what he's talking about. Who knows
0: with him? Isn't didn't he have some weird situation where he got pulled over and? Yeah. I no. Who was the guy that ran naked down the street? Oh, that um, was
1: the lineman. Um, Quanjo. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We digress. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So it should be interesting. Like, this team has so many holes. The defensive line isn't going to be as good as it it was last year. You still got Fletcher Cox and Vinny Curry and Brandon Graham's nasty, but you lost a little bit of that depth. The defensive backs, uh, Darius Slay's good. Roby Coleman's good in the slot, but who's that other Going to be, is it going to be Avante Maddox again? Yeah. It uh, should be very interesting to see. I'm, their linebackers do not do anything for me as I'm looking at them. So it comes down to Carson Wentz and spreading the football to mediocre wide receivers. Yeah. And their over-unders at nine and a half. So they picture them as the same team from last year uh, that got nine wins and stole the division.
0: Where are you going with this, Tom?
1: For which one? The winner. So I think the winner for me is the Cowboys. Yeah. I, I like the Cowboys I think that This is the I think Changing coaches Is what they needed More than any addition They needed Something fresh Jason Garrett Is a solid football coach But I think After a while Your message runs stale. He's been there since 2006 Yeah Which is a long run A solid run But they never won anything They won some divisions But they never won anything Mike McCarthy real. Is a good football coach Mike McCarthy Is a very good football coach You're giving him A
0: ton of weapons on offense So I'm going Cowboys to win I'll be with you on that Um, Yeah, I know. Sorry. (laughs) And then
1: bet-wise, what's the uh, Giants over?
0: The Giants over is New York Giants over 6.5 plus 120.
1: I thought it was going to be more than that, to be honest with you. (laughs) So I want to stay away from Washington. I mean, you could easily bet Washington under the 5.5 because five wins would be a two-game improvement. Yeah. With what seems to be on paper a tougher schedule playing that NFC West. I mean, they're going to be dogs in all four of those games against the NFC West. Yeah. What's the under for the Redskins?
0: Under is uh, under 5.5 minus 115. The Washington football team.
1: Uh, Give me the Washington football team under 5.5. All
0: right. And you can give me the Philadelphia Eagles... You can go under nine and a half with them. I think with a tough schedule and some losses they've experienced, I'm not impressed with the the that at? minus one twenty. I'm not impressed with the receiving group. I think they are one injury away from to Zach Ertz or Dallas Goddard yeah. of that receive the weapons being really depleted, really depleted yeah. and really difficult for them to score points. Um, I think the Giants steal one from them this year. I think the Cowboys could beat them twice as talented as that team is, yeah. and I think their division schedule is too. Cha- their out of division schedule is too challenging to get to ten wins.
1: The two big things the Eagles have going for them are Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz. Yeah, and the t- between the two of them, they make up for a lot of glaring holes on yes. this team. I mean, you, you I always, just feel like it's a
0: team that went backwards in personnel this year. Yeah, that won nine games last year, and now they play a tougher schedule, yeah. and they're gonna. They're gonna. They need to win ten now. So I, I see them as an eight to nine win team.
1: Yeah, very tough schedule and
0: ugh, yuck. Yeah. Well, so, that's it. That's it for tonight. Next week, we come back with NFC and AFC West previews. Yeah, NFC
1: and AFC West.
0: We'll recap the Northern Trust.
1: Yeah. A lot of fun next week. Uh, more UFC, more golf. Check in on basketball and hockey, and maybe even another peak. We should be around the. Halfway point of baseball already, which yeah. is
0: nuts to think about. Absolutely. So, and I think we'll dive in on on maybe one uh, one more topic that might be a little off the radar that we haven't been doing here. So, um, I'm excited to to try and put together a little something different for the show next week. So, thanks again for listening, guys. We'll be back with you next week. See ya.